0: It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. What is up? October is here. This is the Heart Guide Media Podcast. I am your host, Jesse HS. And it's fucking October. Yeah, baby. I fucking love October. There is no better time of the year than October. There's no better holiday. Better than Halloween. I, uh, I love Christmas. I do love Christmas. Christmas is fucking awesome. But Halloween is just... I Every year. Every year. So stoked. For as long as I can remember. As long as I was conscious of what Halloween entailed. I was all in. Everything. So, got going, uh, Christmas, or Christmas, fucking Christmas on the brain, no, I got going on Halloween decorations, I think the last, usually I start scoping out, luckily, well, I start scoping shit out, like, late summer, because that's usually when these places get all their, all their what-have-yous, the, uh, all the Halloween stuff, they start getting it out in fucking August, because, I mean, before they even, before October even hits, they're getting Christmas shit out, but... They get all the stuff out in, like, late August. Once they start moving all the back-to-school shit out of, like, the big lots and the Walmarts and the Targets and stuff. And then they start rolling in the Halloween stuff in, like, late August. And it's already, like, almost completely filled out by, like, the second week in September. And then once October comes, they got everything. So I usually start decorating, like, looking around at stuff uh, the girlfriend and I go out and, like, start picking up up little stuff, now we have a few totes full of shit, I mean, stuff that I've amassed over the years, just, uh, decorating, but now I have, uh, so much shit, and a lot of it stays up here around, honestly, there's very few things we actually have to pull out and hang, uh, a few extra strings of, uh, purple or green lights, and, Maybe a couple extra of those fucking weird cobweb things, uh, that just have to be hung up. So, got the, you know, the, uh, the headquarters here decorated, uh, a couple days before the first hit, and, uh, yeah, uh, actually, uh the morning i got up really early decorated and was just getting going and uh lou came over that morning bright and early and we did that ramones podcast if you check that one out that was so much fun diving into diving into the ramones and everything that that band has meant to him and i and all the things that you know we went through all their albums from 76 to 83 you know that first era of uh of the Ramones, and the second part's gonna be really awesome, and, uh, I'll be able to, you know, kind of touch on, uh, Pet Cemetery again once we get to the Brain Drain, now, the 1989 album, uh, but, yeah, that one was a lot of fun, and speaking of Pet Cemetery, I was on, uh, Lou's podcast. He has a podcast with his girlfriend called The... Capital City Smiths, and they're doing something right now called the Podcast October Built where they kind of run through a whole movie and break it down and talk about it. It's an excellent format. It's so much fun, and I got to do Pet Cemetery. Now, when I Lou first approached me and asked me to be on uh, his uh, his and his uh, fiance's podcast, I was all in, especially when they said, we want you to do Pet Cemetery. We know you have no life outside of uh, movies and music so why don't you come on so what I thought would be an hour ended up turning into almost two hours and it was so much fun just talking with them and picking their brain having them like just kind of like discuss things how they feel about it like scenes we liked like little factoids here and there and that was so much fun so check out his podcast for sure uh, capital city uh, his and his girlfriend's podcast capital city Smith's on SoundCloud, and I think it's coming to iTunes soon as well, Uh, but yeah, anyway, back to October, Uh, sorry, I had to put that plug in for my boy Lou, and his girlfriend, slash fiance, Uh, I was just slurping on some coffee, I have uh, America's number one almond creamer right now, it is a silk pumpkin spice almond creamer. Now, usually I'm drinking Black Friday, Black Friday, I'm drinking black coffee on the weekends uh, just to get me all perked up, like PJ's soul's uh, chest and Halloween. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm rolling with creamer today. So you're going to hear me. When I do this, Is I'm going to do this one all by myself today. And I haven't done an episode all by myself since the George Romero episode. Which was the very first full official episode of the Heart Guide Media podcast, and that one was a lot of fun, just kind of like letting my brain like kind of get unlocked and just put it to tape, so to speak. so that was a lot of fun, and we haven't done one since then where it was just uh just myself talking we've always had we've been having we've had so many guests we've had Anthony Saturno was on last week. Um, John Engel has made several appearances, uh one of my best friends e t and b t my best friends—they've both been on this podcast, ET, several times. Uh, Sean Henderson, another one of my best friends, made a small uh, cameo appearance. Uh, so this one's just going to be me kind of discussing October, and we are focusing on today. We are focusing on the movie Trick or Treat. We're going to get to that in a bit, but I wanted to talk October traditions. Now, I just kind of, I just kind of rolled on you know decorate in towards you know when you start scoping out more decorations throughout like the end of august and september and then you you know once you get your your headquarters decorated your compound um because the heart god media compound is fully decorated now uh you start thinking about what movies you want to watch and i know everyone has a different set of movies that they connect the time period with whether they're halloween-esque or not i know some people will watch like the fog a movie that takes place in april in halloween uh, around halloween time in october just because they either it was on or they watched it as a kid i have a few a few movies like that and i am going to tell them tell you about them in a bit but just traditional october like happenings doings uh i mean i'll go to the stores every week just to see if they get anything new dollar tree the dollar store killing it they get the sickest shit it's all a buck and i mean they're nothing fucking super expensive you're not rolling into fucking hobby lobby and getting these fucking golden plated fucking spiders that are fucking whistling fucking zippity fucking halloween town but there's some sick shit in there that uh the girlfriend and i have been picking up uh so there is a. you know, I'll visit the Targets and the Walmarts and everything every week because you never know what cool shit they're going to get in, you know, last minute or, you know, that they haven't gotten in and they're waiting for. Uh, also the cool, like little, like, come on, they, they put out the Count Chocula and the booberry and the Frankenberry every year. And they actually had the, a few years ago, Engel, John Engel and I, uh, went and grabbed, uh, a bunch of when they put the retro boxes out of those and they actually had the yummy mummy and the fruit brew the more elusive the more obscure of the uh horror brand cereal um and those kind of got i think those kind of went wayward after that year because i think that was a test trial run like see what sells obviously count shocky Blueberry, and frankenberry all fucking sold like hotcakes. um so fruit brew and uh yummy mummy unfortunately went wayward uh they will be missed uh but and they have fucking uh Dan Clausen, who I know is a avid listener, another uh one of my absolute great friends. Uh he also uh is a big fan of Goolade. Uh also any kind of uh fruit snack that is uh Halloween uh labeled. Uh I obviously who the hell isn't a fan of Halloween Oreos, you know. And there's just so much shit, and it's just, it brings you back, it's all nostalgic, it brings you back to, like, such, such a simpler time in your life when nothing really mattered, whatever was going on holiday-wise was, like, your main focus, and obviously, you create traditions when you're younger, so it brings you back to, like, what you were watching and things you did when you were younger, so some of the things that I would do when I was younger, uh... Obviously, you want to rake leaves and you jump at them. Usually, I would, for some reason, I was mostly, I was, I'd was i have a couple different Halloween costumes that I would, that I would dawn just because, you know, Halloween, it happened, you know, all month. It wasn't just the last day of the month. It was, it was like a constant, uh, it was, it was constant throughout the month. So, you know, I would, I remember coming home from school, raking up the leaves, throwing on my plastic half-assed like a dollar store version of a a jason mask you know one of those like pale egg white um jason hockey mask rip-offs putting that on and raking up leaves and jumping in the pile and just fucking hoping that some uh campers would stroll by so i could fake kill them uh because who who didn't do that who didn't do that when they were seven or eight years old i mean come on So, like, raking leaves, like, in the whole time period, you know, shit's dying and falling off the trees, and, like, it's gloomy out, and even when it's sunny out, it looks fucking weird, because there's no, there's no leaves on the trees, and everything looks, like, super haunted, especially if you grew up, I mean, if you grew up in the city, it's different, but I grew up in a rural area, so... It just looked very spooky because across from my parents' house, nothing but woods, nothing but, like, trees. And once the leaves fell off all those trees, it looked pretty creepy, which was awesome. And it never really creeped me out much uh, because I just, like, ate all that up the whole time period, and, like, drinking apple cider. My my uh, mom would go to the store and she would pick up, you know, apple cider and apple cider donuts and, like, different kinds of donuts. I remember just eating, like, uh, eating, like, these uh, plain and powdered donuts and drinking apple cider, watching, like, Halloween 4 or 5, whatever was playing on, like, sci-fi or USA, like, Saturday, early Saturday mornings. Like, uh, it was such a interesting time. And th- that was always the glory of uh, October, too, being younger, is all these... Sh- all My parents always had crazy cable channels, even back in the early 90s. They had, you know, they made sure they had HBO and Cinemax, and... I mean, obviously, you'd want to watch Cinemax and HBO late night, because that's when you can see some real action outside of horror. But... uh I remember you know you didn't ha- I didn't have to like I mean not that I really had to beg my parents to bring me to the video store to rent videos anyway, but we had all those channels. So going to the video store was a staple in my youth. Um, but I remember in October you didn't have to worry about it as much because there were so many horror movies on television. There was so many on and even on regular television, like like I said like USA sci-fi they're playing like Halloween four and five at like seven o'clock in the morning so no, I wasn't watching cartoons I was throwing on Halloween four eat, drinking some apple cider and eating eating a fucking donut and you know slowly killing myself I started to slowly kill myself uh by just eating that junk um which i mean uh, i I eat a lot healthier now nowadays i don't i don't kill donuts as much as i used to and donuts still are the best oh man donuts are still the best and i opted for no donuts today i'm just sticking with the coffee last week i did have a few donuts when lou and i sat down and anthony and i sat down had some donuts and coffee donuts rule donuts are just so sick but i digress uh so so that was some of the, you know, traditions. Obviously, you want to go out to the store. Like the, For me, that was, I mean, I'm sure everyone has very similar uh, traditions that they adhered to. But for me, it was going, and it still is, going out to all those stores all the time. Like, it, today's Saturday, you know. I'm going out later today, and I'm going to go check, check out, like, go check out the Dollar Tree. Maybe they got something in. Maybe something didn't look as sick last week as it does this week. And it's so much fun it's so much fun it just brings me back to that simpler time and even recording like this podcast and kind of reliving those and kind of going back to that time frame and thinking about that and just speaking about it uh puts my like uh my mental state back there and it it, and it really is uh comforting and that's all of it is that's all like nostalgia really is it's comfort you think about you know when you were a kid and when what comforted you as a kid and for me it was it was watching halloween four or it was watching the original tales from the crypt movie from the 70s like and just eating shitty food early in the morning and just uh it's such a that's horror is so encompassing of nostalgia to itself there's a reason that these horror conventions are so popular There is a reason that so many people have, you know, it's gained the following that has and so many people are patronizing these horror conventions is because, you know what, someone is going to pay $25 to meet Sean Whalen because they remember being a kid and watching people under the stairs and remember his character of Roach. And it just brings them back to that time. Even if it's, you know, spending two minutes just telling him about it or whatever. And and uh, whether he cares or not, as long as he shows, like, gratitude, I mean, that's all you're there for. Um, and it just, that is why I think you've seen more and more people, especially from my era. Honestly, past, like, you know, I'm going to be 30 soon. So, like, I grew up, I was a pretty total product of the early 90s as far as like video rentals and when i think about the 90s sometimes i cringe because of the fashion and stuff but when i really think about i that was just kind of like what i was exposed to later in the 90s when i started like when you know old navy tech vests and shit like people were wearing that bullshit to school and stuff like that uh But when I really think about the '90s, I have a deep like affinity for that time period because I remember, you know, Friday nights we're ordering pizzas and going to the video store and VHSs and recording. It's funny because as much like I said, video renting was like such a huge part of my uh, youth as it was all my friends. Um, My parents had this, like I said, the sick like cable package all the time, so I'd be able to record shit off television off. TV and, and HBO and Cinemax and Showtime and what have you. Uh, and I'd be able to just save it, like, boom, Monster Sky was on. I got it. And I ain't going to ever run it again because I got it recorded. Same with like the Lost Boys and stuff like that. And I wish I still had all those. And that was great about VHS is you'd buy those sticker packs where you could put the sticker on the, you know, the, whatever you want to call it, the the face, the front spine of it. Uh, or like the little one on on the side of it where the square like empty space that usually said the name of the movie you could just write you know oh i got lost boys on here and i got fucking uh demonic toys versus fucking doll man or whatever and at that point i would just I i remember not knowing the name of some movies uh because i'd like wouldn't get the beginning of them where they showed the opening credits so, I'd just like write whatever the fuck I thought it was, like fucking werewolf movie or something. I think I did that with The Howling until, you know, a few years later when I was like, oh, that movie's called The Howling. But that's like, that's what I was doing. And I remember that was such a staple of my youth, too, is recording all those Halloween movies or Halloween movies, horror movies, um, and keeping them and watching them year and year. And then you, once October came around, you just roll them out and you start watching them. So, I, some of the, uh, some of the movies that I watch around Halloween time, uh, Silver Bullet. For whatever reason, Silver Bullet is one I just I watch every Halloween, and I think it's probably I can't even remember honestly like watching it during during like October per se because I just watch that movie so much. Uh, it's hard to tell if I remember actually watching watching it around. October or not, but that's just one I constantly love watching around the time period, just because it's a great great movie. It's a a fucking phenomenal werewolf movie. We talked about that a little bit on the Stephen King podcast episodes. Um, But it's uh, that's such a fun Movie And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, when you think about the events, you know, you got kids getting murdered by this werewolf and, and you have, uh, you know, a decapitation. It starts off with a decapitation. The movie does. So, I mean, how great is that? And then some of the other movies, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Return of the Living Dead always made its way into my yearly watches, um, around October. And that movie takes place in like summer, like July, fourth weekend um but for whatever reason that and night of the demons have always been like a they're almost like a punk rock double feature halloween must now obviously night of the demons is uh is a halloween movie takes place on halloween and uh we are gonna have brian tyler on uh one of my best friends um to speak about kevin tenney and you know uh more specifically, Kevin Tenney, but uh, you know, none of the demons as well because that's such a beloved film by the both of us, and we're both a big fan of Kevin Tenney's work, who I recently met, and uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to chat with him. Uh, uh, you know, record any kind of chat with him or anything, but I did pick his brain a little bit, and it was uh, it was a nice little convo, and he was uh, he was a pretty gracious guy and uh, decently priced at, at a convention at the New Jersey Horrorcon that I went to, so that was nice. I really don't want to friggin' spend a fortune to meet some people especially if they're just gonna kind of be like yeah it's nice to meet you later uh but he was nice he was pretty gracious um and uh we had a cool conversation and he seemed very appreciative uh that he had a fan and has has uh fans because people they had a little night of the demons reunion there and that was a a lot of fun to see those people i only i only uh met him because i was uh spending money on uh Getting some uh, Ramon's regalia signed uh, by uh, Mr. Marky Ramon, Mark Bell. Uh, but yeah, Night of the Demons is like a perfect Halloween movie. If you haven't seen it, I implore you all to check it out. It takes place on Halloween. They're in like a you know a funeral home, like a you know a haunted ex funeral home, and there's like the fucking the the crematoriums there, and like I don't know, it's just. Uh, image-wise, it's perfect. It's a perfect punk rock Halloween-like romp. It's so sick, so much fun, one of my favorite movies of all time, and definitely has to be watched in October. And then, of course, I bust out the Halloween movies. I mean, who doesn't bust out the Halloween movies? Obviously, they're classic. You know, John Carpenter's uh, Original 78, uh, and I know I get, uh, there's some people that are going to hate on it, but I do like Rob Zombie's Halloweens, and at some point, we are going to discuss those two films that he did. Because uh, I think if you take the Michael Myers aspect out of the second one, that is a brilliant film, and I think it's his best work. I know I'm going to get heat for that. I know for a fact I'm going to get heat for that. So if anybody wants to come on and, and debate me on that, and we can just talk about that, uh, I'm all for it. I'm 100% all for it. Because if you take the Michael Myers aspect out of two, it's such an interesting uh, story of like... Uh, you know, driving a girl who's been through a traumatic experience into madness. And if you haven't seen it, and if you can go into an open mind, if you have seen his Rob Zombie's first incarnation of, you know, his reimagining of Halloween, I implore you all to check out the second one and just kind of erase the Michael Myers like folklore that you have, like, and try to be view it in a non-bias, like, uh, outside the box way, because it really is an awesome film. Um, And I'll debate with anybody. I'd love to just talk about it and and see if my point of view could come across and and maybe have someone view it the way I view it. Um, But I'd love to talk those films someday because I do enjoy them both, both of Rob Zombie's Halloween films, particularly the second one. Uh, I think it's just such a fun movie, and the music is fucking great, and he had, you know, he assemb- he had assembled or talked with, uh, I forget the guy's name, but, you know, the guy that does uh, did all the music, uh, you know, and had the, you know, the fake slash real band, Captain Click and the Night Creatures, like, amazing album, uh, amazing songs, uh, and so much fun, that whole uh, movie's great. Anyway, uh, so I will watch those around Halloween. Uh, as well, and something else I watch, obviously Pet Sematary, that gets a few watches a year. But around Halloween time, I remember I would watch that the day after Halloween. Like if Halloween landed on like a Friday or a Saturday, and then the first would be on uh, the f- like November first would be on a Saturday or Sunday. For whatever reason, that would um, that would always be on like the day after Halloween. Uh, and I remember watching. That's so why I watched that there, and then you have Pet Cemetery 2. Again, another movie that rolls in some hate. And uh, I love it. I love Eddie Furlong, so maybe I'm biased. Um, Clancy Brown is fucking amazing in it. He's such an asshole, and he's so great. And all the acting in it is pretty good. None of it's really cheesy acting, and that's what I never understood about all the hate for it. Maybe it's because the original is so revered, and it is such a fucking amazing movie. It's an amazing story. Um, but the second one's so much fun. Um, especially because it just takes it from a teenage angle, which is so interesting, especially because immediately that's where you would, you're, you're thinking like, well, how would kids like, how would kids handle this if they were introduced to this power to bury someone in a, in a pet cemetery that would resurrect them in, on this old Indian burial ground? Um, and that does have uh, a Halloween scene in it because, uh, the death of one of the characters, I won't spoil it for anyone, happens on Halloween, um... So that was always uh, you know, and it looks like it was filmed because it was filmed in Georgia, and fun factoid, uh, I forget the kid's name, but he played Drew in the movie, and I'm blanking on his name is, oh, I'm blanking on his name so hard and, and it's it's bullshit. I shouldn't be blanking on his name. anyway, he is uh, he is a, like a cook or like a head chef for the Atlanta Falcons, and so he must have been local. He must have been uh, he must have been local to like Georgia or whatever, um, because he still lives in Atlanta. I found out because uh, I'm knowledgeable like that because as I said, I have no life. Um, and uh, he is like a cook for the Atlanta Falcons, which I think is fucking like is so sick. It's so uh, that's such a l- fun thing. And he did an interview. I think it was honestly. I think it was. Um, I want to say it was for the. T- Twentieth or maybe even the twenty fifth anniversary? No, because that would be this year. No, it's this yeah, this would be the twenty fifth anniversary of Pet Cemetery Two. But it was for like maybe the twentieth or the fifteenth, it might have even been the fifteenth anniversary of Pet Cemetery Two. Um he Jason McGuire is his name. Uh, that played Drew Gilbert in Pet Cemetery Two. But yeah, he's like a head chef, uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, like uh which is great. Like that's so awesome. Uh such a fun thing uh to know. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's really boring and I'm just entertained by like the dumbest shit, I guess. But anyway, moving on for Pet Cemetery too. Check it out. It's a lot of fun. And Clancy Brown obviously voices Mr. Crab and SpongeBob if you didn't know. Fun factoid. huh. But another movie I watched was one of my favorites. We talked about this one pretty uh, uh, pretty extensively. Eh, maybe it wasn't extensively. I don't know. We've talked about George Romero extensively. Day of the Dead. For some reason, this was always on around Halloween time. Obviously, I watched Night of the Living Dead Around Halloween time, that's so much fun to watch. Around then, uh, but Day of the Dead was one that I always like gravitated to younger too. And I think because it was just like on HBO, uh, or it was on whatever, and uh, watched that as a young kid. And I remember watching it on a Halloween, uh, I might have been like 12, I think, 12 or 13. Um, and I had already seen it at that point, obviously, but I, I remember uh, going trick or treating and feeling like fuck i'm too old to be trick-or-treating like i was either 12 or 13 at the time and i was just like fuck it's like seeming weird now that you're going out and asking for candy at 12 or 13 um and i remember coming home and i did have like a a decent amount of candy and i was just like i think we ran from the cops that night too we let firecrackers off on someone's doorstep and fucking like just trash some leaf piles and we're just being like little prickhead fuck fucking idiots um and then, yeah, the co- cops were uh, traveling around and I remember hopping a fence with a friend and, and, uh, cops were looking for us. Anyway, I make it home and, uh, and, uh, I can't even remember what I was. I can't even remember. I might've been a zombie or something random. Uh, and I remember getting home and I remember, remember putting on day of the day, De- day of the dead. Well, it, putting it on, it was on, um. And I remember watching it and I remember eating, man, I can't even remember. I was eating, I was eating candy, the candy that I'd gotten. And I remember thinking, geez, this might be my, this is going to be my last year trick or treating. And I want to say I went once more a few years later, just like being stupid with some friends but that was my real last year like fully dressing up and trick-or-treating and I remember a sadness profound sadness like coming over me like just being like this is kind of like an end of an era like I can't do this anymore and it's kind of sad uh so I wonder when everybody else stopped trick-or-treating I'm I'm gonna have to ask some uh some other friends and see what they have to say about like when they stopped actually trick-or-treating Uh, but I remember just being so bummed out, but at the same time, like being so comforted too. like being, you know, a little piece of shit, eating like Reese's peanut butter cups and Kit Kats, uh, two of my all time favorite candies, uh, if you do want to send them my way, um, and watching, uh, day of the dead and just kind of, uh, being comforted and being like, ah this sucks but this is awesome like so i remember just kind of soaking in that moment which is kind of weird to think back to because honestly i've never really consciously thought about that but thinking about it now like i really did i kind of just soaked in that this is probably like my last year of like enjoying the holiday of halloween at that level of of like you know the most halloween thing you could do especially as a kid is trick or treating um so I mean, what, I'm trying to think of some Halloween costumes I had now, moving on now, uh, trick-or-treating, let's see, I remember Ninja Turtle, I was Ninja Turtle a few years, and I think it was Leonardo, uh, I'm trying to think what else I had been, I remember, I think it was a hobo one year too when I was young, younger, and something that was really popular around uh, my household for some reason was masks. I had a Crip Keeper mask, which I've recently bought over the past like five years. I found one on eBay. Um, and if you want any mask knowledge, you can uh, contact uh, old Eng Daddy. Uh John Hengel is a big uh, mask, uh, mask connoisseur, and he, he knows a lot about masks, and he owns a, a shit ton. Uh, but I remember being Crip Keeper one year. Uh, I'm trying to think. I was definitely not a Power Ranger because... Those Power Ranger outfits that had, like, the full fucking helmet. I saw a couple kids with them, and they looked so fucking sick. But they were, like, f- crazy. Because it was, like, a ho- like a really hard plastic, like, helmet. And, like, the full suit and everything. You could buy, like, the cheap ones. But if I was going to do Power Ranger, which the Red Ranger is the fucking the shit. And it sucks that the Green Ranger slash White Ranger took over for him and just kind of, like, bumped him out of power. That's some bullshit. That's, like, fucking... Well like Kaepernick did to Alex Smith in San Francisco. Like Alex Smith's your starting quarterback, the dude's doing fine, he gets injured, and then like Kaepernick just takes his spot. That fucking sucked. But I mean, granted Kaepernick played had a, a fucking amazing season that year. Uh and I think the year following, was it that year? Or the following year when they went to the when they went to the Super Bowl. It might have been the following year. I can't really remember. Anyway, I digress. There's probably not a lot of NFL listeners on here, which I am a big sports fan, and my Bills are three and one right now, and they are leading the AFC East. But I digress. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Power Rangers one would have been sick, but I couldn't afford it, and I fucking hated all the rich kids that could afford the fucking those sick fucking helmets. They were so rad. Uh, I wish I kept all the shit that I had Power Rangers from fucking you know ninety three to. 96 or whatever it was um i'm trying to think what else it was over the past few years last year i was axel rose uh the year prior to that i was i can't remember oh i was john bender from the breakfast club and uh and then before that i was the Keeper again because i had gotten a mask and i loved that um and then I can't remember I've been a lot of different things uh but it's so much fun and I always try to pick up anything I can oh that's a werewolf before that actually um but I love picking up masks when I can uh not that I have a lot I have like an original, like, uh, Fun World, like, uh, Scream mask that I got, like, in the late ni- late late 90s, like, 97, I think around the time the second one came out, it's, like, an original one, and it looks sick, and I have it stuffed with, like, a shirt or something and sitting in a lamp right now, uh, and I have the Cryptkeeper Keeper mask, and I have a werewolf mask, and I think that's all the masks that I have, and I do have a couple, uh, you know, Half-Ass Jason hockey masks, um, but those were always, like, super fun, um, super fun to find too and i haven't really seen any uh doherty's there was this place called doherty's out uh, here in syracuse they had sick fucking macs, but they were super expensive and apparently they didn't do too well because they're not around anymore which is unfortunate but uh and then you have spirit halloween obviously spirit halloween is obviously the big uh halloween store like uh i'm pretty sure they're all over the united states uh but they're the only chain Halloween store there actually is, besides, like, Halloween City, which is, you know, the, the t- department of Halloween in Party City, where they, you know, hang a big banner up, and it's Halloween City for the rest of the month or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, October is just so much fun, and every year I have an annual Halloween party. Uh, I kind of half-assed did them for a long time and then started probably four or five years ago, like, having a traditional every year party, uh, something, like, my old man would always help me out with, uh, so, and now that he's gone, I feel, like, a little bit more compelled to keep him going, just because they were so much fun, and even though he didn't, like, fully participate in them, like, when I had everybody over or anything like that, he kind of always, like, enjoyed helping setting up, even though, like, he'd bust my balls and be like, you gotta fucking tie the tent the right way, it's gonna fall on someone's fucking head, uh, so, and, uh, he always, uh, enjoyed, uh, I think, helping and creating the fucking, the madness outside of, you know, their rural home where I would invite all the friends over to have these, uh, powwows. So I almost feel a little compelled to keep the Halloween tradition of, you know, the Halloween, uh, party that I have, uh, going. And that is no excuse this year, or no exception this year, excuse me. Uh, it will be happening. Um, so if you're... A close or semi-close friend and want to come to that Halloween party, let me know. I'll hook you up with the compound coordinates. Um, but yeah, now I think we're going to dive into uh, Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat was an interesting, a very interesting film, especially for the time period that it came out. And uh, it is, it it's such a, it's, we're talking about Halloween staples. Trick or Treat is 100% an unadulterated staple in Halloween now. 100% a staple. It's such a fun, awesome, perfect, 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 perfect movie for Halloween. Um, and this is Trick or Treat. Er Treat. Trick or our treat. Trick or treat, whatever you want to call it. Not the one with Ozzy Osborne, which is also awesome. But yeah, we're gonna dive into uh we're gonna dive into trick or treat now because I don't want to wait any longer. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks never go to a stranger's house and never go out alone <laughs> now this is quite a movie it came out technically in 2007 didn't get released i think it was made it made it might have uh i'm trying to think if it did like a circuits or something at festivals or something, but it's credited as 2007, it didn't get released on video until 2009, October 2009, and I remember a friend, and I can't remember if it was Brian, or if it was Sean, or whoever, uh, picked it up, because they heard, had heard about it via the internet, probably Bloody Disgusting, or something or Joe Blow, or something like that, and they said, hey, there's this new movie out, it's direct-to-video, uh, it's called Trick or Treat, it's a horror anthology, sold, I'm sold right there, horror anthology, I'm all in. You got me. So going in, I didn't expect anything. I remember borrowing the movie because whoever let me borrow it, Brian or Sean or whoever, uh, had bought it at the store. It bought it uh at like, Walmart or something like that. Uh, so I went in with no expectations. And I can't remember if they had even told me it was good or bad or whatever. Uh, but I remember checking it out in October 2009. I remember watching it, and I was just like, holy shit. This is a fucking amazing film, and horror anthologies, I got a soft spot for anyway, but I was not expecting it to be this great, by any stretch of the imagination, so the fact that it was as fun as it was, was, it was such a relief, especially it came out in a time where horror remakes were all the rage they were running rampant and that was all that was really coming out there wasn't really a ton of original material coming out if any really that I can think of you know you think about um you know 2006 2007 2008 2009 there wasn't a whole lot of new ideas horror wise that was coming that were that was coming out it was a lot of remakes Uh, you know, you had, like, recently you'd had the Hills Have Eyes remake, and you'd had, uh, you know, the Halloween remake, and all that, so the fact that there was original content that, uh, for horror that was this good was awesome, and now at the time you did, you know, Hatchet had just came out, and, uh, Hatchet 2 was, you know, going to come out, or was, it was, it was out, it was coming out, and, um, but aside from maybe a few films this was this is probably one of the best over the last 10 years for sure and it is now no i take it yes yeah 10 years it's 10 years ago came out in 2007 you know it says it's official release date was december 9th 2007 didn't come out in direct to video until 2009 though if i remember correctly Uh, And it does have such a cult following because it's word of mouth. Word of mouth is the strongest thing you can have backing your product. You know, and it was put out by this... um, it was put out by Warner Premiere, which is a direct-to-video branch, like the direct-to-home video branch of Warner. It was called Warner Premier. and they released it, uh, they released a bunch of movies, a lot bad and a few really awesome ones, and a few, eh. uh, you know, they did release uh, Lost Boys, The Tribe, which is my first introduction to the the Warner Brothers, um, the Warner Premiere. Direct-to-video, which, you know, we could dive into that one day. Obviously, nothing is ever going to touch the original Lost Boys. But, you know, the film was okay for what it was. Uh, It was entertaining. Uh, But I remember, you know, reading up on, you know, this is Warner Brothers' uh, direct-to-video line. Maybe they're going to keep doing you know horror movies like random horror movies and stuff this would be great even if they're you know subpar sequels to decent films uh well decent films uh lost boys is legendary uh, amazing film speaking of legendary actually it was one of the uh, production companies that put this movie out was uh, legendary pictures also another production company was uh bad hat harry uh was also involved and budget was like i don't even know I think I read like 9 million, maybe it was like 11, something like that. It was like, it was an under 15 million uh, dollar movie. But, you know, it involves four stories and they all intermingle and it is littered with just, oh, oh man, they just touch on so many awesome aspects of Halloween. Like, you know, the the front yard decorations with the couple that's, you know, killed in the beginning and then of course like uh the principal Dylan Baker uh who plays uh the principal amazing amazing actor who's in this movie also with John Candy from the early 90s called Delirious where uh anything John Candy writes like he plays this writer and anything he writes like comes true or whatever uh and he plays this character that's super creepy and he's like falling apart in the movie, it's called Delirious, and uh, I believe, I can't remember the company that just put it out, but it came out on Blu-ray DVD, like, official re-release or whatever, because the original DVD is out of print, and that's a really fun movie, but he's in that, and he's in a bunch of different things, but he plays, like, such a perfect, like, odd specimen murderous principle and it's it's fucking phenomenal if i'm spoiling for anything anything any of this for you stop listening right now go watch trick-or-treat and then come back and watch this listen to this you're not watching anything maybe we'll do a video episode one day but eh, probably not anyway and then you have like uh you know that the bus driver the school bus massacre uh you know where the, the kids are all wearing those retro uh, halloween outfits that's so like it was so cool to see like the the Dracula outfit and like uh, it was just it's such an interesting film to incorporate all these cool things. Michael Doherty, the director, he also directed another movie called Krampus that came out a few years ago. A Christmas horror movie. That is very Gremlins esque. It is such a fucking the guy really knows what he's doing. He's such a such a visionary. He has such a great great fucking idea of how to make and portray films he also wrote he also wrote you know trick or treat too so it it wasn't just his directorial uh ability to make this come to life it was you know he wrote it um so he allowed it to you know his vision to be fully captured and it's even down down to which he also uh, wrote Krampus with two other gentlemen. Down to like every the music, the score of it all too It's just so. And even the score for Krampus, like from what I can remember, because I haven't watched it since uh, Christmas time, uh, is so fun and it's so. It's just, it's just great. And I do own the Trick or Treat uh, soundtrack as well, on vinyl, and it sounds amazing, and so much fun for this movie to have that, too, uh, just another thing going for it was the, you know, the, uh, the soundtrack, so creepy, and eerie, and it has such a throwback 80s feel to it, but anyway, I'm, I'm running off on the soundtrack, but then, you, you know, you have Sam, this character, Sam, who is, is like a pumpkin-headed kid with a bag on his head, and he's the whole like uh, you know you could consider him an antagonist or a protagonist, but whatever he is the main the main guy the main kid, um, and uh, you know you say kid I mean like, he's got a pumpkin head a pumpkin face, um, and it's such a it's such a fun. Idea to have this creature, this Halloween jack-o'-lantern, human skull-headed thing, you know, kind of either, is he dishing out justice in the wrong way, in the right way? Uh, Regardless, he's on a killing spree for anybody who is desecrating the good name of Halloween. If you don't have candy out, this motherfucker's coming for you. If you're fucking taking down your decorations before they should be. Motherfucker, he's coming for you. Uh, which is such a fucking awesome idea. How awesome is that? So, if you haven't seen the film, I'm going to spoil it for you. So, you need to stop listening right now. Um, so, the bus driver that kills these kids. is one of the stories. This bus drive, These parents pay off this bus driver. Uh, To kill these mentally handicapped kids because they're just too much to deal with, and every parent feels so burdened by them. So, this bus driver chains them all up to their seats, hands them out candy before driving the bus into this quarry. How fucked up is that? It's gloriously fucked up. So, you know, towards the end of the movie you you realize that one of these elderly men uh that Sam the pumpkin jack-o-lantern human skull headed uh sack on the face wearing some bitch is terrorizing was the bus driver the bus driver that killed all those kids that killed the kids that the parents paid him off for so how to get into like how awesome that is it's it's so much it's such a fun idea it's really fucked up but for this movie to come out when it did it's a landmark in horror filmmaking it's one of the best if not the best horror anthologies i put it second to creep show creep show it's the only it's only second to creep show as far as horror anthologies go um and I love Tales from the Dark Side, but I put my for my horror anthologies. I got Creepshow number one. I got Trick or Treat number two. And for a movie to come out, you know, whatever it was, what a 20, 25 years after Creepshow did, and you know, and for me to see it twenty seven years after Creepshow came out, and to have it be that as good as it have it be that good as good as it is, is really. It's promising. Michael Doherty has you know, the two films I've seen by him, this, Trick or Tree and Krampus, I feel like he has a lot of potential to really truly make some great films and I hope that he goes on to make more and more and more because man, what what an amazing film this is. And then you have, you know, something uh, you know, I don't want to get too far away. I don't want to wrap it up just yet. Um they, he re he brought werewolves back to horror. Horror had kind of, I mean, you only really had cursed like in two thousand five, and that through went through a fucking a cut spree and fucking it was butchered by the studio and it was reshot and refilmed and it was a fuck fest. There is such a lack for werewolves. There is such a lack for the werewolf genre. There's nothing. What werewolf movies are there? You got what? And what what do you have? You have the teen. Teen Wolf, like, rebooted fucking, like, teen MTV drama. It's fucking bullshit. It's fucking awful. Whoever thought about that idea should have their fucking kneecaps blown off. It's fucking a disgrace to fucking the werewolf genre and the lore of werewolves. Same with fucking, you know, you know obviously it has its falling or whatever, but the Twilight movies, like, to, that's, like, that's what we got for werewolf films, Are the fucking werewolves in Twilight. Fuck off. Fuck that. Give me the fucking howling. How fucking great is the howling? How, what a landmark film in transformations. Both uh, American Werewolf in London and The Howling done by Rick Baker. How amazing are those werewolf transformations? And those are the fucking early 80s. That's the early 80s. And those are still legendary transformation. Those are legendary films. There are not any werewolf movies that are coming out. That are touching that, and there's not even, it's such an absence, so the fact that this movie had, sorry, I went on a werewolf tirade there, uh, there I, I love werewolves, I grew up loving the Wolfman, and I grew up loving American Werewolf in London, and the howling, and all the howling uh, sequels, as bad as some of them are, they're so, much, they're so entertaining, but the fact that they brought, like, a werewolf story into this, this guy is just, this guy owns my heart, he truly does, he... He is touching, he's touching every funny bone and every happy bone in my body, giving me Anna Paquin as a fucking werewolf. I mean, and even with that gap, she's hotter than the fucking, the day is long. It's hotter than the goddamn Kiss concert, Kobo Hall in 78. And, uh, that story, like, and then it ties in with the principal, him playing a weird fucking deviant wearing, like, uh, uh the fangs, and fucking, like, praying, and killing on young women, uh, and then he fucking gets taken by, and fucking eaten up by Anna Paquin, with fucking, uh, Manson, playing the Sweet Dreams cover that he did, like, Doherty knows what he's doing, he's an amazing, amazing, um, amazing filmmaker, Just based off the two films that I'm familiar with him... uh, This, Trick or Treat, and Krampus... The guy is just... uh, He's something else. And he's still relatively young too... So he can definitely bang out a lot more awesome shit. And... uh, Okay, well I'm looking into it now... And I didn't realize all that this dude's done. Writing wise... The guy did uh what did he do he did he wrote superman returns he wrote x-men 2 i didn't know this this is great what a and he's apparently he's doing the new godzilla film king of monsters i i'm shocked right now i didn't know the dude did that i'm learning stuff right on right now on the podcast Jeez, that's awesome and uh Apparently Trick or Treat 2 is announced. I know there's been rumblings about this for a long time. But now with the cult following, it seems like it, it should definitely happen now. And he's on board to write and direct. So that's uh, that's awesome. Uh, but if you haven't seen the film, check it out. If I spoiled it for you, I'm sorry. It's still going to be worth the watch. Uh, I felt like it was kind of... There aren't going to be many episodes where it's just me. Um, So if this was kind of like... Uh, not as riveting as the other episodes, I'm sorry, I just wanted to talk about Halloween, and I just kind of wanted to touch on, uh, I kind of just wanted to touch on Trick or Treat, because it's such a fun, uh, fun film, uh, and I just really wanted to dig into it, dig into the Halloween season, dig into October, and just talking about everything, and, uh, so if it's, if it's not up to snuff, let me know, I'll take this fucking episode down, I don't give a fuck, I run everything, This is all run by me, I'm not funded by anybody, I pay to friggin' have all the content, hours and hours of content up, and this podcast has been so much fun for me to just kinda talk with friends, and talk about horror movies, and talk about actors, and directors and pay tributes to like george romero and toby hooper and talk the ramones with lou who's super knowledgeable about the ramones and just share these stories and opinions and lists and this is just so much fun so if anybody ever wants to come on and and you see a topic that we post that you know we i mean it's me but uh that i post and that someone wants to come on and has something to discuss like i'm all for it i want this to be a very inclusive uh media platform i want this to someone to feel free to send me ideas and send me your lists and actually do this right now send me post on uh, to heart media on instagram on any of our posts you can message me on instagram uh at heart god media or dm me on twitter at heart god media or uh whatever you i mean tweet me uh dm me uh private message uh at me instagram whatever S- send me your list send me uh five movies that you want to see or that you watch uh, every halloween send me a list of things you want us to cover on the podcast with me and all the the circus of friends that i have and the new friends i'm making uh you know like uh, if you'd listen to the uh new jersey horror con episode with dan from inked up merchandise Um, great company. Go check them out at inked up merchandise on Instagram. And they are at inked up merch. I think they're at inked up merch on Twitter. If I'm not mistaken. Um, but he has an awesome company Has awesome embroidered hats. He has, uh, shirts and hoodies and he's got, he's at inked up merchandise on Instagram and inked up merch on Twitter. And it's a really, uh, really awesome company. Uh, Let's see what else I can tell you. Uh, Capital City Smiths—they're covering horror movies for the podcast, uh, the uh, the podcast October Built uh, series, and they're covering a new horror movie every uh, every day. I think are twenty. They're doing twenty-seven out of the thirty-one days. Uh, so check that out. Uh, like I said, I'm meeting new friends all the time uh, through this podcast. It's it's such a fun way to kind of dive into different stuff and. It's just been, really has been just so much fun to talk with friends and just dig into movies and dig into music and talk horror, talk sci-fi. Uh, some of the stuff we got coming up, we're going to be doing, and I'm sorry if I'm babbling. It's just fun to babble, and I really don't care. You don't have to listen if you don't want, but I encourage you to. If there's anything I can do to get you to buy in and listen, it's free. It doesn't cost a thing. Go to SoundCloud. Heart God Media, SoundCloud, listen for free. If you have iTunes, now you can. There's a podcast app if you have uh, any Apple products. It's a free app. So once you have it, you can search podcasts, download from iTunes, subscribe, and the episodes automatically are downloaded as they're. Once you subscribe, they're going to be automatic. You can choose to automatically download them to your device, your Apple device, so you'll constantly have them. Uh, whenever they're updated. And like I said, we're gonna have two, sometimes on slower weeks, it'll be one or two episodes a week, but then, like last week, three episodes, uh, the week before, three episodes. So, we're gonna stay pretty consistent, and like I said, uh, so, some of the stuff we got coming up, we're gonna be doing, uh, in a few weeks, we're gonna be doing the Alien. We're gonna dive into the Alien franchise, and we're gonna have some people on talking about the Alien franchise, some of the films of the franchise that they love, Uh, I know there's uh, a lot of love for Alien Three around uh, these neck of the woods, so there's going to be talk about that. Uh, We have Return of the Living Dead podcast coming up. I think there is going to be a Wes Craven episode very, very soon, since we covered. I mean George and George Romero and Toby Hooper recently passed away, so it was definitely merited to have their episode tribute episodes done. Sooner rather than later, but Wes passed away a couple years ago, and I think it's really important to kind of do his episode soon because he's so integral to the genre that we we're mainly covering here, being horror. Uh, so, uh, so if there's obscure and if there's obscure movies and obscure directors that you want me to kind of touch on and ask if we've uh, I've seen or any of the people that we have on the podcast regularly have seen or uh, movies they've seen by directors or anything obscure uh you know we're gonna start doing some more group uh podcasting for sure just so we can create that dialogue and have those different kinds of uh fans of the genre on because there's things that i'm not into that my friends are into and vice versa so this has been a lot of fun uh so far we're a month in we are a month into the podcast now But I'm going to let you go because I'm talking a little too much. Uh, But, yeah, this is uh, find us at Media on both Instagram and Twitter. And this has been uh, the first episode of the month of October. So it's been a blast. I can't wait to do it again. So there should be another episode posting tomorrow about what? I don't know. We'll have to see. Got nothing scheduled right now. So we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for stopping by. Jesse H.S. with the Heart Guide Media Podcast.